Brendan. <laughs> oh my. Hey, God. speaking of the shiny, did anybody see my socks? <laughs> oh wait, that was backwards. No, look at those. Those are neat. Talk about those socks, Cheryl. Yeah, I've got my socks. I'm wearing mismatched socks today for you guys. Those are amazing. Because uh, I didn't want to just go with one. But sorry, I'm putting my feet on your coffee table, but no, that's fine. Uh, with shoes and everything. But uh, I just felt in the mood to show all of the Overlook Hotel on my legs today. I guess because oh. wait, hold on. Let me pull my. If you can take a picture, I'll pull this up a little bit more. <laughs> they look so good on my terrible legs there, but. Uh, so yeah, I've got one sock that looks like the that red and orange carpeting at the Overlook Hotel oh, in The Shining, you know. Love that. And then uh, the Hot other wheels. is the carpet from Room Two Three Seven. Is there the more movie. iconic carpeting in any? I don't piece think of there sandwich. is carpeting so. or wallpaper. No, no, no. So these are my Shining socks. I wore them yeah. for you guys because you're movie fans, and I thought you'd appreciate them. That's one them. of my favorite movies. I is it? Seen yeah, the I like Shining. it too. I'm sorry. You haven't. I haven't seen it. Am I the only one Shameful. in the room? Yes. I'm the only yeah. one in the room that has you seen are, the shining. Even the dogs have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Scarred for life because of this film. Literally, when we were watching it the other night, Coco was, sitting, was sitting, staring there. at the television. <laughs> she, like, was. Yes. she was just like, Jeez. My cat actually watched it with me. That's odd. It's when, yeah, yeah. Well, it's on my list. Brock Powell, and I've seen The Shining. I'm Andrew Lindy, and I've seen The Shining. I'm Bethany Brinton, and I haven't seen The Shining. I'm Cheryl Jones. I have seen The Shining. I'm Elisa Gonzalez. I love The Shining. <laughs> I'm Joe Myers. I've seen The Shining and saw it way too young. Ooh. Oh. Scar I like those kinds of stories. I love those stories. <laughs> and this is It's On My List. Uh, so I can't believe, I thought more people in the room hadn't seen it, but now this is the, let's... Let's now talk to Bethany. Let's, let's, let's scare Bethany and shame her. Scare. What happened in your life that you never saw? The well, shining? I had a very happy, well-adjusted childhood. <laughs> there yeah, go. That explains it. That that's, explains that's, it. We I ruined lived, her. I lived the shining. So. Yeah. My dad was a pent-up writer who loved to drink. So hi, Pops. So your dad was Stephen King then. Uh, no, I, I mean, I've never been a horror fan. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Joe. Like what you like. <laughs> You're wrong, um, but like it. <laughs> I, I I, don't know. I wouldn't say I was scared easily, but like anything on film would just immediately have a bigger impact for me. Sure. And and I, I wasn't consciously avoiding The Shining, but I think I associated, oh, The Shining with being a scary movie. And it was like, I'll get to it later. Like, I don't need to see it right now. Like, whatever, I'll get to it later. And then... Once I learn more about Kubrick, I'm like, okay, it's kind of weird. Not really my style, so I'll get to it later. And and I mean, obviously, as I've as I've grown and I'm getting more into those kinds of films, even if it's not my particular cup of tea, um, I'm appreciating it more. And and yes, it is a horror film, but it's not like a big blood and guts right. yeah. horror horror film if it were like made today. Right. Is, I guess sure. is what I would say. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you're not a fan of other Kubrick films? I enjoy, uh, it's weird. I think I think I mentioned this when I saw um I watched Clockwork Orange for the first time mm. a few years ago. Love Actually right movie. before I moved out here to LA. <laughs> I do have to describe the scenario in which I saw this just because it's funny. <laughs> 
I was I had just graduated college. I was in Nashville and I was staying at a friend's house before driving out here because my parents live on the East Coast. I didn't want to make two coastal trips if I could just lessen that distance and go out here. So I was just basically hanging out at my friend's house with her lovely, sweet Southern parents. Um, and they loved movies. They would kind of stay up late every night and watch movies, but they were very genteel, lovely people. And so they were like, Bethany, you like movies. What should we watch? What should we watch? And so I'd give them a few Netflix recommendations or I'd be like, oh, I've already seen that. I'll just go do my own thing or whatever. And so I, I, think, I think they asked me and they're just like, and I was watching movies now too because I wasn't in school. didn't have anything to do. I'm just like, you know, I should really catch up on the stuff I haven't seen. Okay, I'm like, Clockwork Orange is on Netflix. Okay, here we go. And like knowing what I <laughs> knew about Kubrick, I, I went to my friend's bedroom. I, and I told them, I'm just like, I'm going to watch a movie on my own. I know you will not enjoy this. <laughs> I haven't that seen this a film. Very good movie. I know very you will good. not enjoy it. They're just like, all right, you have a nice night. I'm like, okay. So I went to my friend's room. She had like a decent TV. I pushed play on Clockwork Orange. It was like 10 p.m. at night. I'm like, here I go. <laughs> two and a half hours later, I'm like, what was that? <laughs> I am disturbed. And then the next morning, she, she's like, how was your movie? I don't even think she knew what I watched. I'm just like, it was an experience. <laughs> That's all we said about that. I deeply and, love and it. And it was more, when I saw that movie, it, it, when it ended, it felt less like, oh, did you like it or did you not like it? It's more of like a processing what I had just yes, <laughs> went through, which is cool. I think it's a cool way to look at film and filmmaking rather than like follow a story from A to B and just kind of like hitting emotional buttons right. and making you think about certain things. So I like Kubrick in that way. I wouldn't want to like sit down with a big bu bucket of popcorn and go, all right, I'm going to watch Clockwork Orange. Yay! <laughs> Kubrick Marathon. Yeah. No, I, I would do that. I would, I would do that. that. I can't yeah. be assaulted with that much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with, with uh, 2001. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's cool and I appreciate it. It's just not my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, it's not. he doesn't make movies that you can just pop in the DVR and yes. watch a little bit of any old time. You have to but prepare yes, yourself. Yes, when you can <laughs> sit down and watch them, they are spectacular. Mm -hmm. I, weirdly enough, though, The Shining is kind of a comfort movie, has become a comfort movie. Oh, yeah. I can put that on. In, in, but maybe yeah, it's just I think that's the maybe angst of my thirties approaching. The well, but it's kind of it. It feels oddly more accessible than the others. But I think maybe yeah. that's because you do have maybe this because there's this family unit. In there is it. more of an arc in this and film. It's, I would yeah. Say. yeah, and it's not weird space stuff, and it's not weird futuristic. Yeah. it's weird ultra ghost violence. Stuff. It's weird. Yes, <laughs> which yeah, which is a little more accessible. I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> I, I will say, by the way, I love yeah. The Shining, but yeah. I did not see it until about five years ago. Okay, so I was aware of the tropes. I'd seen, you know, obviously like yeah. I think The Simpsons did a Treehouse of oh, Horror. Yeah. Everybody, and I've seen, everybody's done I've seen something so many with like, this movie. I mean, not seen behind the scenes things, but it's like, did you know when filming this that they? And so I kind of knew the scenes coming up. I saw Ready Player One, which I wasn't happy oh, about. Shall we talk it. about oh, Ready Player One? I loved God. that part of Ready Player One just because I didn't know I that was going to come. Movie, and so I, I, I thought don't it was wanna. fun. Like the book, it's just stupid movie fun. It's retro fun. Well, and, and that but, scene, that scene was cool because yeah, in, I loved in the that book. Scene. Of Ready Player One, yeah, that scene in 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 Ready Player One when they're in the game, the final level about you know looking for one of the keys, mm -hmm. it's 
it's a Spielberg movie that they go into. It's, not, it's, yeah. um, it's War Games. Well, in, right? It's War oh, Games is the right. first one. Right. Okay. And then they do Monty Python uh, and the Holy Grail. But then right. is there another Spielberg movie that they did or tackled? or? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just those are the yeah. two movies. But that definitely. They that's through. why it was really fun yeah. in the movie because it was such a surprise that it was okay. The Shining. I was yeah. like, oh, The Shining, yeah. that classic <laughs> 80s film, The yeah. Shining. <laughs> which is, is so weird. It's from 1980. But so it counts, technically. Spielberg, Spielberg picked that because he, because like I was saying, they troped a bunch of Spielberg stuff in the book. Yeah. <clears throat> and because Spielberg doesn't feel that way about himself, he was picking the things that he responded to, and he loved The Shining, and yeah. basically had a, a, what, a $100 million opportunity to <laughs> rebuild <laughs> The Shining. It was very bizarre. I, I totally loved it. It was Digitally, weird and yes. kind of wonderful, I thought. I don't know. I really enjoyed that part. It of, was my favorite part of that film, yeah. and I've forgotten every second of yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. Huh. I haven't seen that movie. Don't. Or read the book. Just don't don't uh, put it on I, your list. You know, I enjoyed the, the book. Read was the book. Candy. Yeah, the book's a ton it of fun. It was fun pop culture candy stuff. Yes, the movie just could have been so much better. It was mostly garbage I just I have bigger a, problems I, with the message of that film but I, I haven't bought it on it. DVD if that's you know well, have you a, had Ben Mendelsohn in it so I'm sure well I like that. that I mean he was kind of a weak villain in fact weaker <laughs> weaker than in the book even and that yeah. was pretty weak to begin that's with but well, I like looking at him so let's fine let's talk about a better movie <laughs> okay which yeah. is The Shining we are definitely <laughs> getting sidetracked uh, but, but I will say that it's all kind of lateral and all plays into itself because we're talking about the Shining gets referenced in a movie yes. based on a much better book. The Shining is a better movie, uh, in my opinion, than the book. Has anyone here I, read the book? I have yes. not. Well, no, I haven't. I've read it. I have yeah, read. I have, I have not been able to finish it. It's. I okay. started it. Wow. Is it? Is it one of the giant Stephen King? No, it's, it's. 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 It's not that. I don't think it's the a novella. That it's, high, but it, it's yeah. a very no. dense okay. plot. Well, and yet yeah. everything I've ever heard is that everybody who read the book hates the movie because when who read it before the movie was made, yeah. hates the movie because it didn't do it right and the and the Wendy character's wrong right. and you know well, so well, including Stephen King. Yeah, who, who yeah, so, yeah. So I definitely read that film. he hates I, it. Yes. And I disagree with. I, I, I would rather watch a movie based on a Stephen King book than ever read a Stephen King book. I've never <laughs> oh, read wow. one. I have no wow. interest in reading. That's one. interesting. Oh, you Stab me right through my soul. Wait, wait, have, you, have you read any Stephen King books? I have not read a one. Well, you can't say I, that. I don't want to read. What about a short story? Yeah, grab short. a short one. Yeah, grab a short one. I don't want to. I like, read, I like his short stories me. better than his books. Read Stand by They're Me. Very, I can go there with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. The Mist is one of my favorite things he oh, ever wrote. Oh, that's so good. But. <laughs> he's a I prolific storyteller. I think it's, storyteller. I think it's that thing of he's so popular that I don't want to have anything to do with it. But he has to be the most adapted. The right. he absolutely, yeah. no one. I think so. Yeah. Aside from Shakespeare, well, I mean, Stephen King yeah. has provided is. with like he is a you can't you just can't yeah. argue he is a prolific storyteller. Mm-hmm. If yes. you don't like his writing, that's mm-hmm. one thing. Yeah. If you think that he's he's hacky and in in every night. single genre, I mean, Shawshank Redemption, Shawshank. Right. Yeah. Shining, Stand he's by Green me. Mile, Stand by Me, Green Mile, Dark Tower. The like, only thing I think he <laughs> hasn't done is a comedy. <laughs> I, would I guess he would argue some of his stuff he is comedy <laughs> within the You sort of never seen well, Maximum he's... Overdrive. I have. <laughs> I have. What's the one with the car? That's Maximum uh, Overdrive. Uh, are, you oh, are you thinking of oh, Duel? No, of not Duel. Christine. 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 Yes, yeah. Christine. Yeah, Maximum Overdrive Christine is the one Cujo. at the truck stop where like all machinery, complex machinery becomes sentient. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Transformers. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I still, I need to see Maximum I mean, it's Overdrive. a horrible well, movie, he, but it's fantastic. And he directed yeah. it. He directed that one. Oh, drunk mostly, and high out of his yeah, mind. Which <laughs> he's admitted to. Oh, yeah. But getting back to, to this, what I do agree with him about, and one of the reasons he hated this movie, is 
the Wendy character in his mind was like a very well put together cheerleader type who oh. was a kick ass lady. And well, that's it said not he wanted, he thought it should then. be yeah. like Jessica Lang or somebody like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which and would then, be a totally different character. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Jack, he wanted someone that you kind of built that crazy fall. And yeah. in the film, he is kind of crazy from the get go. And just yeah. the moment he gets in the and hotel. And I did kind of feel that way. Yeah. Well, but, and yeah. I get that. And I agree with it. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. Yeah. I think in the, the movie, they are different characters. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he's kind of, you know, you know he's an asshole because he's, he, you know, he's a he recovering alcoholic. So, you know, and he put his hands on his kids. Yeah. Yeah. They, so, they, yeah, don't paint him, they don't paint him in any question. No. You have no doubt in your mind. You see that he's a, a narcissist from the yeah. start. This yeah. guy's going right. to go crazy, yeah. if not already a little crazy. And, I mean, and, the, and Wendy, she's kind of, you know, in this story, she's in an abusive... Because everyone, mm-hmm. everyone that I know that hates her in this is like, well, well, she's so stupid. You know, she's just, you know, all she does is scream and cry and run away. I'm like, well, well yeah, she's, she's, she's in survival mode right yeah. now. Right, that's exa- you know, she does exactly what you would do in those situations. Yeah, yeah seeing her character there, yeah. from the beginning. Like, Especially- I couldn't identify with... I wouldn't do that. But seeing her from the beginning, I'm like, I could see that she would do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, and by the time you get into where things get really kind of horrific... Uh, I think I'd probably just be screaming at that point too, like while you're trying to not get stabbed to death. Yeah, mm, right. Like mm, you're kind of scared at that point. Right. Like, and there's she, a know, lot she, of weird stuff going on. Right. She's the only one that's not seeing all of these right. weird things until she, until very late. Yeah. 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 Um. And uh, Nicholson had just come off of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I've that's not a few seen. years before. Yeah. Oh my seen. God! Yeah. Is that on our it's list? It's on already? my list. Wait, well. that's it's that so before? good. Yeah. Wow. No, it was before. Yeah, it was like 75 or something. Yeah, one flew yeah. the Yeah, it was in the yes. 70s. Okay, yeah. because um, Shelley Duvall was almost up for the prostitute role in One really? Flew the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, wow. Yes, but right, yeah. I'm, I'm writing it into but my notebook But that was part here. of the reason that Stephen King didn't like the casting was because he, to him yeah. the reveal of the craziness was it was a commentary of isolation and being able to take someone who was normal right. and bring out the worst in them. Instead... Kubrick dropped in two hard to like characters. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, but in that you, you did get, because it, they start at the bottom, you know, the likability is so low and mm-hmm. when do you just feel like you feel for her from the very beginning yeah. when she gets kind of pushed around and, and you know, she's on the end of this abusive relationship. Um, you get to where Stephen King's book ends mm-hmm. and you plummet even further. Yeah. So you yeah. get even further into this, like, Commentary of like spiral of yeah oh oh my god (laughs) yeah I like like them both I like I like the movie okay so much and I love the book too so for for different reasons yeah okay yeah they're two different things you know kind of like with you know Walking Dead books or whatever they're Mm -hmm. they're branching out differently but I love both yeah yeah Yeah, it works the soul of it's still the same yeah like you know you didn't change the DNA Mm -hmm. the shape's different right I mean the movie is so the way the film's put together, the way the story is told, the the very construction of the sets and the design elements are disorienting. Everything yes. is meant to disorient you. Well, from the, the from the very start when you're flying in over the lake and stuff and all those shots have just oh, that so cool. they have that little bend to them, you're just that angle. little bit of disorientation. Yep. Yeah. And that music. Yeah. Oh yeah. Music. The music is so, is so great. But yeah. but they added he added the Mason. Kubrick added this yeah. Mason, oh, really? which is right. this very over the top not in the book. 
but oh. it was it was animal hedges. Yeah, which was oh. too expensive and weird to do. They were going to come to life in the finale. That would have looked oh. terrible oh. if they'd actually they actually essentially did that in 1980. You know, I can't remember. I never I watched the television did. adaptions. I don't remember. Yeah, Stephen King made sure that there was a TV film. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. no, because he was taking he was it back like, or whatever. I'll do it my way. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Think it and which is the masterpiece? I'm just saying. I think he's. I think he's come back around to where he's just like, oh, everyone just do my stuff. I don't care anymore. Because like, yeah. there's yeah. so much. Done well. He has so much yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and for a while, I think he still has it. There's a thing uh, either on his website or you can access. The, I think he calls it Penny. The penny do- I thought it was Dollar. Do- yeah, whatever. Yeah. Dollar Stories, where it's like, if, if you pay him a dollar, you get the rights to adapt one of these 15 stories. So like some <laughs> film student somewhere could just adapt a Stephen King story if he pays wow. him a dollar. Nice. Which that, I think is really cool. That's, yeah, that's is. great. I've gone to a ton of horror film festivals where it's like a little short film. Yeah. that they put together and they just pay him a buck and do it. That's so, awesome. That's I had it's no fantastic. idea. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't, but there's caveats, like they can't put it out for distribution or anything like that. They can just run it through festivals. Yeah. That's and a that's great it. credit. But yeah. I mean, that's it's the Stephen King story yeah, that you can right. make. Yeah. That, God, what a, what a cool dude. He's a good <laughs> he, I love Stephen King so much. Man. Also, the, yeah. I love that there's just like a really, here it wasn't so subtle, but just a subtle reflection of Stephen King in every single story. He's just yeah. like, oh, well, I'm a teacher, but you know, I'm yeah. a writer just to get right. by. And I like to live secluded. <laughs> and it's like, okay, Steve, sit down. <laughs> I think that's why he does get angry about this, is yeah. this was a very personal book to him because sure. he was struggling with alcoholism at the time. I wouldn't be surprised if hurting his son really happened at some point. It, the, from what I read online, it did. Okay. Oh, Whether what I read was true or not, I don't know. But just that he guilt. had a yeah. situation like that. Steve, and just, Stephen King did something that he felt guilty about. Yeah. This like that with his son. Like he'd, he'd just gotten, because his son had spread his papers out all over the floor got at it. one point. And oh. He got so, so quite book, angry with him. And this so book there was is, more of a catharsis than a... Yeah. Interesting. What, what Working I thought out was, his guilt. was interesting in reading, too, was that that scene where uh jack nicholson uh uh yells at wendy he felt that was so personal to him because he as a creative had had those moments with yeah. his girlfriends where he yells at them like leave me alone oh, yes. doing oh, my writing. Yes. he was saying that he had just had a divorce yeah and he the divorce jack nicholson had a divorce irl and he one one of the things that caused the destruction of the marriage was he would they'd get in a fight and then he'd have to go on set and he would have to act and and he would be trying to get in the zone or whatever and this person would be coming and trying to fix the problem right uh. and and you know his whole thing of like you know, <laughs> yeah I, hear I just me think typing or not don't yeah. come in <laughs> yeah. i think that's interesting that that carries through from like the writer of the original book stephen king has that experience it goes into the movie and even though the movie is so different here's jack nicholson portraying this character yeah. who's like oh this is like me right yeah. They each, yeah. yeah yeah it's weird connected on both ends like and that. and yeah. actually wendy shelly duvall had just gotten out of a relationship with paul simon oh. right before filming this yeah so they were all just all emotionally high strung yeah, oh. except for Bad danny spot. danny had the best time on set he didn't apparently. know yeah because yeah, kubrick, kubrick made it like a fun thing for him he's like i don't want to scar this child for life yeah god bless you I, stanley yeah i read a thing that said he never saw the full Good. unedited version till he was like 15. <laughs> wow. he saw like a edited down version with all with all the really scary stuff taken out when he was you know a few years okay. after the movie and then saw the whole thing at like 15 because they protected him from the scariest. And like even there's That's one good. scene where she 
where Wendy picks him up and carries him out, and that was a dummy, so that he oh, wasn't wow. exposed. See, part to that. of me thought was because I'm maybe saying Shelley... this from IMDb, so I have no idea if it's well, true. I, I, when I was when I read that and I saw I saw it in the film, I thought maybe it's just because Sheryl Duvall couldn't carry this. Child. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a toy oil. Oil. Yeah. She's because she always was, yeah. Um, but I, I think that actually made it more interesting for Kubrick, forcing him to not put the child centered in these horrific scenes. Yeah. We're seeing some of it from the child's eyes and yeah. some of it are just directly his visions, his shining that's mm-hmm. going yeah. on. And so I, it's almost like you're, I know, Cheryl, you love Jaws. It's like, <laughs> we can't show the shark. We can't show the kid. Like okay. it, it makes for more interesting filmmaking. Yeah, it I does. Think. It's more yeah. intriguing that way. His his Danny's like uh, psychic trembling seizure face is my favorite though because yeah. I feel yes. like that I want that to be my reaction anytime Trump says anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't see my face. I yeah, like, see drop Brock's face right. <laughs> but it's a good approximation. And, and then, like, just the drool and yeah. just like. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta say that kid was a pretty darn good actor in this movie, and he's just one. He's just adorable to look at. Yes. He's just got such a great look. And then, yeah, he really was really good in this. I I was really impressed. I have not bothered to look it up, but I will at some point. Um, When he is doing the croaky voice. Tony. Sorry. (laughs) um, Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. Uh That thing, that whole Yes. And then he's doing the like, right, he's doing Tony. And then he's doing like, uh, Red Rum, Red Rum. Yeah. And then it gets really loud. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Red Rum, Red Rum. You can hear it kind of shift. You can hear the pitch shift. And I was curious if... He, it did not sound like the same actor. Uh, it sounded like they it either could have got. Been. It also could have been just him being louder. Or, or they had him do it in post in ADR. Uh, I'd be yeah. curious. I, it actually sounded like um, the same lady they had come in to do a lot of the um, oh, no. Exorcist stuff. I forget her name. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, the croaky, the croaky. Yes, I, that I, I'd be interested in. That. But that's yeah, not, know, neither that here nor be... there. Um, so they never explained that whole Tony thing in the movie other than oh it's his imaginary friend which made it, it freaking terrifying you're like what the heck yeah so in the novel that's actually his middle name is anthony and yeah. it's okay. him shining back talking to his younger self from the future oh. warning him eh. murder things about to go down like you need to I don't like that explanation. Is himself older as an adult? Does that get explained in The Shining? No. In the book, book. not in the film. In the film, they never. But because I've never finished. Yeah, in the book, they talk about it. In the movie, they never touch on it. I read that on IMDb as well. They got a million things. There's like no way to cleanly explain that in the film. I don't think. And you don't need. to. And yeah, you don't need to because it's just this unsettling like it is. And that's another thing I have with horror films. Anything with a child. I'm just gonna be scared. Oh sure, I'm of right. course. That's what, so, and they count on that. The yes, <laughs> the twins. Yeah, well, they're not early. even. Tw- they're eight and ten. They're not actually. Oh, twins. that's right. Yes. Just, yeah. that's funny. Yes. Is how people call them twins. Yeah, everyone but they, calls them yeah. twins, and then they showed up, and then my brain made that connection. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy who tells the story at the beginning, he says, I think they were eight and ten. Yeah, yeah, like, it's yes. so. Yeah, I also think that's really interesting. I had forgotten how early they show up in the movie. Me too. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised by that. Yeah, it's still. I really do. Goosebumps talking about it now. It still creeps me out to this day because mm-hmm. the way the way the way they shot it and the way first uh, perspective he's like kind of doing so i forget what he's doing he's playing darts yeah he's playing darts he's, oh, yes. the darts and he's just kind turns, of like, like just aware of something behind his shoulder and he keeps on going he's like no there's something and then he turns around and that yeah and he's just like oh, staring God. for a long time before you Trying get the, the reverse words. of the shot like <laughs> before you see what he's looking at because you're like what's yeah. there why is he staring yeah <laughs> okay so, so good. There's also this element of like you were just talking about like 
they look like twins. They're clearly dressed the same. They're dressed about the same height. But the information we have in our brain tells us they're eight and ten, so they can't be twins. Right. But you later second guess yourself, which is really interesting because that is uh, gaslighting is a thing that narcissists do. Uh, yeah. Where you start to doubt your own senses. You start mm-hmm. to doubt the thing that you know that you know before. Yes. And there are a lot of examples in this movie where it starts to make you second guess things that you know, like... If you've ever watched the documentary, Room 237. Which is fantastic. Which has a lot of uh, things that it points out about like possible origins and conspiracy theories of why Kubrick made this movie. But one of the things they talk about early on is the impossible room and the impossible window. And the layout of of the hotel is physically impossible. The, the, yeah, I was the, reading about that. The interiors are too big to fit in what you see in the exterior. And when he walks around to go to the interview and sit in the office, where that window is, there is no window. There couldn't be a window yes. because they're in the inside <laughs> which of the building. Was, which was explained by Kubrick and the production designer as simply, we had to make it work in terms of a movie, the interior. So yes, it doesn't work with the exterior, but it works for the movie <laughs> right. for these scenes of Danny okay. yeah. riding around on his on his little go kart thingy and yes. yeah. But it adds to that unsettling sure. feeling. And then there are other moments. And again, that's the thing is like because Kubrick was a this movie took five years. He's a very intentional filmmaker. Most people Jeez. want to believe that the things he did that could be continuity issues or errors or whatever were, done were intentional, yeah. right? Like um, the beginning when Jack Torrance is about to take the job. They talk about the previous caretaker. Mm-hmm. His name is Charles Grady. Oh, shit. And later yes. in the movie, I didn't catch that. he introduces himself as Delbert Grady. Right. Delbert, yeah, yeah, definitely is Delbert. It's a name. different yes. name. Yeah. yeah. Is I mean, it the I, same guy? I think it's supposed to be it different is, on purpose, though. It in is. The, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's but weird. It, I, I it's don't know. It's that gaslighting thing. Yeah, it's, like, it's, right. it's, it's exciting when you realize yeah. that and you're watching a movie, you're like, oh my God. Like, Wait, I, this you, is something. Yeah, you yeah. don't know what to believe <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yes, what's what's right. real, what's not. But it, then even you look at like the timeline, is it supposed to be that they're related to different Grady's? Or is it supposed to be that, that when you get... I mean, like people interpret <laughs> the ending differently, but it's like, okay. do you get sucked into the overlook and then you become someone else, but you're also yourself? Like who, <laughs> who is real and who's not real? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, like that whole thing when, when Jack finally goes to room 237, <laughs> that happens. And then he, and then he comes back and Wendy's still freaking out and he's just like, there was nothing there. And so we're like, did, did he, that happen or did he think that happened and he's just not saying anything yeah, is he or was just this not just telling her? some other vision that Tony had that we and so you, and then then you start to question and think of it and you're just like what's going on and <laughs> I, I want to leave love that scene too because the look of horror on his face as he's backing out of that room and yeah. shuts the door yeah and when he's backing down the hallway just making that noise just, ah, ah, ah. and then when you do see him against no, it's all cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah. either that just didn't happen yeah. or he's just fallen another level deep yeah. into nice. this whole thing. And that's right. what, I think that's what it is. It's that emotional. I, I, I mean, the visceral emotion that these actors experience is unlike anything else I think I've seen in film. And we know, like, yes. especially the scene at the staircase with the baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Kubrick made her do made Shelley Duvall run that like 137 times. 127. That was disputed. Wow. Yes, that was disputed. That, yes, Cheryl that was and I disputed. on IMDb right here. Interesting. <laughs> yes, that some of the people the who worked on the film. The cinematographer, I think, and someone else on the set said it was maybe only 40 or 50 times. Interesting. That's still, that's still a lot. Still still a lot. It's not like that's it's not the excessive terrible. of 100 and some odd. Yeah. But but 40 or 50 takes, and I'll say, having had some experience doing the on camera thing, after six or seven, you're like, okay, you're what what am I doing wrong? I mean, right. there's also yeah, the story yeah. that. 
Scatman Crothers had to do something a hundred times oh, before the, uh, Kubrick said you're good, but even that has been disputed. Was that the was that the death scene? I don't know. I don't I even know what scene it was. it was. I think it oh was the scene where he get where he gets axed. hatchet scene. Yes. Yeah. It's well, it so gets quick on him. It gets yeah. extra. It gets extrapolated. Yeah. You know, the Kubrickian kind of craziness. <laughs> yeah. But, well, see, it's another level of the what do I believe, right? Well, yeah. and, and also, like, <laughs> so. To, to talk about Halloran, who's my favorite character in the movie, mm-hmm. um, Slim Pickens was up for the role. Yes. He was supposed to play the part. Yes. But oh, because wow. in Dr. Strangelove, this overworking and over-greasing of the take, yeah. he was like, no, I don't want to do that. It doesn't sound fun. So <laughs> yeah. he did. No, and do and so they went with Scatman Crothers and he's God, am I glad that they did. Oh, yes. Me too. Oh, he's marvelous. He's he always great. He does not die oh. in the book. Oh. Yeah. Right. And they kill him in the movie. And this oh. is going to be interesting because there is a sequel called right. Dr. Sleep yes. that they are adapting into a film. Oh, that's right, yes. And they've cast Halloran. So yeah, I, I think know. they're going to ignore the Kubrick film. Yeah. That's probably the only and way. That's what I, have, I don't yeah, know right? if they're going to ignore it or if they'll just roll right off of it and maybe he still can talk He's to Danny of because of the Shining <laughs> that they had oh, yeah. together. Well, I, I'm excited for that because Dr. Sleep is, like you were saying, the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, Ewan McGregor's going to play grown-up yeah. Danny. Oh, I like Ooh. that. So Yeah, I'm intrigued. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, but he has said that it is going to be an adaptation of the book. Yes. So as the book is going to be a continuation of the previous I book, I guess they're I ignoring the movie then. That he's going to retcon, and especially if he has a relationship to this movie that's so negative, I think there's <laughs> going to be things written into the sequel that are going to make it very obvious that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a problem with... with people like making sequels or rebooting where they like quote unquote try to fix the oh, problems of the original ones. I get so very like, I get very upset like yeah. like uh they're making another Terminator and James Cameron oh, really? is like we're gonna ignore we're bringing back um Linda Yeah Linda Ham- L- Linda Linda Hamilton yeah. And uh, we're gonna ignore three and four. <laughs> and we're just gonna pick up after <laughs> the ones I like. And what? I'm like, no no you don't get to do that. You sold the rights to the to your movie to right. make uh, let other people make lesser versions of it. You do not get to come back and right. then pretend those don't exist. <laughs> well, I'll I'll be the dissenting voice there because okay. as someone whose favorite horror film is Halloween, I'm very happy that the new one coming out in October doesn't yeah. follow anything other than the original. Because even the <laughs> well, second one, I'm not the biggest fan. Really? Of. So it, it just follows the first one? Exactly. It doesn't follow the second one at all? No, nope, they throw it completely out. Because well, yeah, they might... bring back... Uh, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Curtis. Curtis. <laughs> yeah. Three names, Jay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I always hated in that one that they tied them together as brother and sister. Because it took the horror away from me. Because my yeah. whole thing was, the only reason he followed her is because she happened to drop off the key at the Myers house. It was totally random, mm-hmm. uh, and I love that. And then in the second one, it was like, "Oh, it's not random. He—that's his sister, so he knew the follower because he killed his." You know, yeah. And that's the problem yeah. with a lot of sequels is where they're like, "Ooh, backstory to this thing." It's like right. I didn't need one. Right. So yeah. I, I, I don't quite mind that uh, retcon sort of thing. Okay. The requel. Uh, has <laughs> Has anyone watched um, the short? It's included on most DVDs of The Shining. Making The Shining. I, oh. I watched about no. five minutes sh- of it, but yeah, I, I didn't. made it through it about was, fifteen. No, it was. It looked boring <laughs> at that point, and uh, ooh, ooh, the cup moved again. And <laughs> you <laughs> got rolled it in. A cup moving watch. And that's was, telling you you need to watch. Yeah, I guess so. It was quite late when I finished the movie and <laughs> went into that, so I was like, I can't. I'm out. The, I will um, recommend Room 237, yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, documentary, because they go through him 
cover this is him coming out saying that he faked the moon landing footage yeah. uh, so because Danny's wearing the Apollo, Apollo 11, 11 yeah, yeah, I read yeah. about that I read what all the things were and I was like come on it, it, guys, but it's fantastic luck. to watch these the people way, who truly believe that sweater was it. amazing and I would like one that Apollo yeah. 11 that Apollo <laughs> I sweater get one, I want to get shining Christmas sweaters oh yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Christmas sweaters so, so that, and then the other thing was like, throughout the film, the decorations and some of the imagery alludes to some sort of South American, like Southwestern Native American well, and be, well, decoration. And, and right? they mention when he's being shown around and they're outside, <laughs> and right. they just sort of offhandedly mention only once in the movie that the hotel was built on an Indian burial ground. Right. So they had to right. shoot off some people while they were building. How come everything's right. always built on an Indian burial right. ground in movies? Well, so. well, so but but that was in in room two thirty seven. Yeah. They talk about how th- that and and there are some images where like I forget what it is, but like there's cans of something with, in with the, the pantry oh that, oh. Th- that has a Native oh, yeah, American yeah, yeah. face yeah. on yeah. it, right. facing and yeah, it's yeah. and they show it prominently. Oh. It's several it's, times. It's refeatured oh, in the statue. It's a baking powder, oh, yeah. like that Calumet baking powder. I mean, I also love seeing Cal- yeah Calumet. Yeah, Calumet yeah, is yeah. the brand. I also enjoyed the Kellogg's. I like when they were in the pantry. I just was enjoying the old logo. Well, I love the Libby's. Like I said, right on the label, Libby's, 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 and I. Was like I started singing hey, the song. There's Kool Aid in there. I got very excited. I saw it when he was when he was passed out, and they kind of zoom out. I'm just like Oreos. I'm like that would have been my first thing. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing but, else to do. So, so that baking powder with the, the that's a real brand. The logo. Yes. What, yeah. what is it again? Calumet. Calumet. And it's okay. just yes. like a, a that it was that, that it yeah. was an allusion to. That's what's really causing Ooh. all of the horror in the movie is yes. the Native American spirit, and well, then also Native yeah. American genocide. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. And dealing with. I mean, you would think it is just because they take the time to mention it in the movie mm-hmm. that this is what's then you would you right. assume that this is then what's driving. Well, but Kubrick was because, making a further message right. too what, about imperialism. And what's right. interesting is that so Kubrick uh, is. British? He's not American. No, he's British. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's why uh, Jack Nicholson was able to get the Here's Johnny line by him. Because he <laughs> did, did not know. He, yeah, he didn't know Johnny what it was. Yeah. He didn't understand oh what that God. line was. So he went, oh, that's fine. Oh, that's oh, crazy. God. Yeah. That's Say that. Yeah. So My favorite so thing good. that Nicholson does in the it's whole movie line. Is, is the weird thing when he's in the freezer and he's like, go check it out. Go check it out. You lizard man with his tongue. Oh no! Wait, when that's when he's coming up the stairs. No, no, he's inside the freezer and he does this like. like, Yes. Because it's my. He probably does it again. I think so. Yeah. I because I remember the tongue thing because it's it's when he's walking up the stairs and she has the bat. Oh, he does do it there. Yes. Not gonna hurt you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does the tongue thing there too. Yeah, and you're like, okay, I don't believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nicholson's a, a tough, is is a tough a, one. I just remember in, in college, I used to be like, all work and no play makes Brock a dull boy. <laughs> I just, he's just fit. I just love watching Jack Nicholson do amazing. anything. Yeah. I love the bar scene. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> yes. that's what sent me off on a slight research topic as oh. I was watching the movie. I had to pause it <laughs> and research because he orders a bourbon and the bartender gives him Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels. whiskey. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I had to look that up. Now, 
bourbon produced, a whiskey produced in Tennessee that follows certain guidelines. Hold on. I have a lot of notes. I love this. You did did some Uh, homework. (laughs) I did. I was so like, what the heck? He ordered bourbon and Mm -hmm. he served him whiskey. Here it is. Uh, So bourbon is whiskey uh, equals whiskey. So it's the straight bourbon authorized to be produced in the state of Tennessee, Mm -hmm. filtered through charcoal made from maple prior to aging. That's a Tennessee law to call it bourbon. Uh, Jack Daniels qualifies as bourbon, but they eschew that classification and prefer to be called just whiskey. Yeah, Jack whiskey. So that explains technically he was served okay. a bourbon. I love that. But that it's was a whiskey. What, out of all the out of everything, flat, like, <laughs> hey. flat out stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, what the hell? And what is bourbon? Because I've never understood come, what that is. Most bourbons come from Kentucky because so it's like the type I, of mash you start with. And well, well then it's so not if, a, if that sent you down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. When we get to the person in the dog bear suit that that <laughs> oh, that just goes right he and I had read online like can, way before I can let that go yeah I've seen that, that enough what is the, I actually it's, don't it's know it's in the book yeah, you, you it, go yeah ahead. it's it's alluding to a homosexual adulterous relationship it's like a gimp sort of thing sort of thing <laughs> and it was like a slave master sort of furry deal yeah, got it, got it, which yeah, when I saw this at 10 years old in the book. yeah I'm like Dad, why is the dog thing? Yeah, yeah. Started with too many questions that my parents had no didn't want to deal with. But they're right showing you the shining. But see, now I'm thinking. Now later we followed up with sleepaway camp, which if anyone's seen that, that brought up many more questions. Now I'm thinking about this whole like the the Native American sort of genocide and acquisition of the land, and like because when you pan out at the end, and I don't remember if this is mentioned in room two thirty seven. But when you pan out at the end, the photo that he's in is a Fourth of July party. Right. Fourth of right. July, nineteen twenty-one. Right. Yeah. But right. and I don't know the significance of nineteen twenty-one aside from maybe, yeah. is that prohibition related? I don't know. Um. But Independence Day. Independence Day. Okay. American Independence Day. When the that is know, interesting. 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 I don't know. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing is like he. I feel like he had to have just put some things in there to just know that people would be asking these questions. Yeah, because you see a yeah. picture like that and you expect, oh, it's a New Year's party, right? Yeah. 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 No, yeah. it's 4th yeah. of July. 4th of July. Right. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Because is. they wouldn't be open on New Year's. Yeah. This is true. Uh-huh. What's interesting, true. <laughs> right, but 4th of July is also interesting just because, like, Just yeah. because, I guess. I don't know, and maybe that's why I don't, uh, one reason I don't like horror films aside from the fact that Sleep is great, and uh, <laughs> again, moving uh, images tend to stay in my mind. I have to admit that even time. having seen the movie before a number of times, yeah. you know, and I hadn't watched it end to end in a long time, okay. even I was like, this gets pretty intense near the intense. end. Like, I, I, it stuck with me for yeah. a little while afterward. I was like, yeah, that movie still works. It's it's a slow burn, though. Yes, it's like, yes. You know, like, yes. like, the thing I love about it is it's like you're a frog in a pot, and, right. and you know exactly, like, about an hour before the movie's done, I'm like, oh, well, the only thing that happens next is he goes and attacks Wendy. Right. But There's a that beat stuff. to that beat is, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, like, a really slow burn. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you get Dick Halloran back into the hotel. You build all this yeah. stuff up. You all to introduce the, the second snowcat. Yes. The whole reason yes. that he gets brought up there <laughs> Which is so they awesome. have a reason to get out. I like I like that they did that. I was not expecting that at all, never having seen this. I like that they go back to Dick in Miami, and I'm just like, what's happening? Because it gives you like that tiny little semblance of hope. You're like, he's going to save them all. Oh, no. And then he doesn't. <laughs> but, you, but you still have like this tiny little flicker. Because if he wasn't there, you'd just be like, all right, they're all dead. I'm checked out. Right. By the way, can we just discuss the artwork in his room? Woo! Back home. Fantastic. Yeah. 
It was a great bachelor pad. Yeah, summer break. Winter break, whatever. But again, like, I did enjoy this film, but one of the things I don't like about horror films is that they they don't bother to explain things. They can just say, here's a scary thing. You decide where it's coming from and why. Is everyone familiar with the cut two minutes? No. So oh, what do they do after the the first theatrical showing of it was two minutes longer, yep. and uh, uh, Kubrick and the and the studio called up all of them and said, "You're going to send us the last two minutes of your reel. Cut it out right now and mail it back to us." Um, it's something in a hospital scene where Danny and Wendy are there, yeah. and um, they say, "Oh, um, you know, we're glad you got you, but um, we couldn't find Jack. We couldn't recover his body. We didn't find it." Yeah. And then one of the men gives the tennis ball to Danny that oh. that his dad was throwing around. So it's it, it, the reason why they cut it is obviously because it's like it's one too many like what's going on things right, because right. We, yeah. it's did he disappear? Was he a spirit all along? Did he survive? Right. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's yeah. another more like yeah, I see what well, you mean. And then there was some text over black like the the they never found the bodies in the Overlook Hotel. The Overlook survived this incident as it did, um, as it did years before, right. and it still closes from December to May. Is like what the last thing was okay. there. But what's weird is there are no surviving copies of those those two minutes. Yeah, which is baffling to me because it was in full release. Right, for, oh, it's for, right. So probably for a, somewhere for a whole week. No one can find it. It's it's somewhere. <laughs> no one's put it out yet. Actually, is this, yeah, is this somebody film... will stumble onto it if it's if it's okay. truly lost. They'll stumble onto it is somewhere this in an archive. In the National Archive Library of Congress, I does anyone to, know? It's gotta be. I have a I cousin there, certain, so you know what? I'll be shocked. <laughs> Y'all want to see those two Do minutes? Some work for us, <laughs> well, you have a you have. A, we can... I, I have a cousin who who works in the National Archives. I got a tour. Of oh. the uh, the freezer vaults where they keep all the films. Stop it! Nice. We can watch them. There's no way we can watch. Do they keep cans of Libby's in there too? <laughs> well, they 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 have a projection room, or they have like a theater room where they do like screenings every week of classic films and things. When I was up there, actually, they had the Deer Hunter in original 70 millimeter oh. in about in about 25 no. different canisters it, because be it's so long oh, yeah. and the yeah. film is so huge. Such yeah. a bad. I hate that movie. I have oh, not seen that one. I've only, it's on your list. I just oh. watched it like two yeah. months ago. Yeah, I've only seen it all the way through once. That was a while I had to watch back. it for film class. I was like, oh, yeah. it was the same week I had to watch Zulu. Boy. Oh, you had to watch Zulu? I had a bad mm. film class. It's a rough class. week. I had a bad film class there. Uh, yeah, I, I made five pages of notes on this movie, oh, but a lot of it was like copying down dialogue and stuff. Like, I got too into it. Uh, <laughs> like a page Wait, you Kubricked it. We watched. I it did Kubrick it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We watched it on the same night. I saw you yeah. post. I'm like, oh yeah, um, we just finished it. Too. Uh, I'm going through my notes to see what things I want to actually talk about. Those though. exterior shots that you were talking about with the bending imagery and stuff. Yeah. This is interesting. I didn't know this, but Kubrick did not shoot those. Those were second unit. Oh, okay. yes. He did not want to leave London because he got very reclusive and weird towards the end. And that <laughs> Imagine is that. that is those <laughs> uh, American hillsides are not in England. But so. he's also he he doesn't like because you can see a shadow of the helicopter in one brief second. I didn't uh, notice. Yeah, I know. I, did. I, I read know that. I, went, I read that later, but I didn't even notice it when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, in, in another very famous um, film that had a lot of edits and, and that sort of thing, Blade Runner, in the happy, happy ending, they utilized the exterior shots from The Shining. Yeah, those same. I read that. At, yeah, at that it's end. those same okay. flyover when, when Decker, shots. Who's yeah. not? Has anyone not I seen Blade Runner? I haven't seen Blade Runner. It's on, oh, it's oh. on the list. Great. Um, Next time. <laughs> I 
think when, we've already got that on. We'll, we'll see. There's a happy ending. Okay. And I won't say too much, but but literally it follows a car <laughs> along the hillside, along and it's hillside. just cut a little differently, but it's exactly the same footage just that you watch. to the overlook. Oh, it's yeah. Funny. yeah. Wow. And it's, so it's just was lovely though going up there. Um, and the guy who played Lloyd is also in Blade Runner, and I don't know if there's a significance there in yeah. that. The guy who played Andrew, Lloyd, I knew he looked familiar. That. Is is the is the yes. replicant yes. founder? Oh, cool. yes. oh wow! And I, I don't know. Oh my god! Yay, go. Lloyd. Well, speaking much. of camera work, though, I do want to bring so up oh, the yes. uh, the steady cam shots. Yes. Uh, as yes, especially as Danny's riding through. Th- the hotel. the hotel and you're behind him, you know, and it's so smooth and nice. And I was like, wow, that seems really, you know, that's an early use of Steadicam. Indeed, it was. Mm-hmm. So and that uh, Garrett Brown shot those who was the inventor of Steadicam. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I did own a Steadicam JR. I think I still mm-hmm. have it. I need to sell that. I never could use it. Um, <laughs> that was for your for your home video camera back in the day. Oh, I could cool. never balance it right. But uh uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm a big fan of steady cam shots. I really am, and and just that it gives it it makes it so dynamic when he's driving yeah. riding through there, and so kind of exciting to watch because it's so smooth as you're following him. It's and so the smooth sound. through. Yeah, yes, the sound, sound is great because there. you would yes, you on would and have off the carpet. To, yeah, because you would have to redo all that sound because it's just yeah. a guy running behind this giant. Right, <laughs> and just all the sound design in this movie is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, and the, the well, they score. said they had him in a wheelchair with the steady cam. Okay, and they would that push makes him. sense. Which would make even but like more the, the noise, score, but which is not a score because Kubrick doesn't like to use a normal right. score. Sorry, Alex <laughs> North, but um, it, when it comes up as like. Uh, it's Bartok's music for piano strings and celeste, I think is what it was. But when I was watching it, as I was going through, the, the thing that struck me as odd was you would get like a big punctuating, like scary thing when, and it wouldn't match with anything on screen. Right. Like if yeah, you're walking across the room and you just hear, you're like, but, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's but so it works. frightening to it do that. It works very yeah. well. There's a moment where uh, Danny's waking, about to wake his mother up and he's drawing the red rum with the lipstick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And the music is swelling. Yes. Like, Ooh, and he's yeah. just walking yeah. to the bed. Yeah. There's nothing scary happening, uh-huh. but it's just this like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. All that, and, and like even like conversa- like they're just having a conversation, and it's just like rising strings, and you're yeah. like, oh, and, okay. No. I, only because you brought this up, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say very quickly. Okay. The last time I felt that way emotionally about a movie and the way that it juxtaposes serene imagery with that music, mm-hmm. and and. I believe that the filmmakers of this film were intentional in parallel, par- oh, yeah. like the parallel of The Shining, is the movie The Witch. Okay, mm. I still haven't seen that. That needs to be on your list. Oh. Tell me I, that's not The Shining. I, it, tell me it isn't. It, oh. it follows. It follows a slow burn. It's about the same length that's, of time. Yeah. Family moves out in the middle of nowhere, Shit. isolated. Yeah. Even to the point where the score is like you're talking about, and I. I want to do a double feature with you so you can hear it. I do. Because I want to hear, because I want you to hear like, like the weird sort of I like. I actually, I've listened to the score for The Witch. I haven't seen it with the film. So the, the chorus. But, okay. Where, where you get in the hillside and I'm fascinated with this because okay. I'm like, did they do this accidentally? Because if they did, they recreated it, The Shining. Are you talking about The Shining or, or The Witch? Right? The Witch. Okay. And the music with with the shining, with mm-hmm. that chorus of like the oh, yeah. like really like it's not they're not speaking words. It's just that vocalization on mm-hmm. a vowel sound. Mm-hmm. Um, they use that in the witch. Okay. And then the weird kind of rhythmic at the end. There's that rhythmic kind of like tribal like yes. Boto. 
Spada. It's like the oh, yeah, language yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. That happens in The Witch as well, oh, okay. about the same time when things start when to things are happening. crescendo yeah. build up. Well, in, in The Shining, when I was, I, and this is one of those things where it makes you think, I almost thought they were saying redrum when they were mm. singing, because it was just kind yeah. of like nothingness, but it, it's not because Bartok wrote this in 1930, whatever. So, mm. but it my matches. brain was hearing, are they saying redrum? <laughs> where was Bartok? It was, but Bela Bartok was the composer of all the music of The Shining. It was not scored to picture. This is a classical piece of music yeah. previously written that uh, Kubrick spliced up and placed into his film. I did not know that. It was, this was not... I mean, it's it's like 2001, where right. he, he took wow. classical pieces and he put them everywhere. But this was a very... I mean, this was around new classical music right. time when people were kind of going into aleatoric stuff and just weird-sounding things. Now, for our, uh, those yeah. those, uh, those listeners at home in May, what is aleatoric? Aleatoric? <laughs> Thank you. Sorry sorry to, to music theory, you all. But oh, I, it was good. This is great. You're, you're tech-talking us. Yeah. A- aleatoric music is kind of in reference to any... any or atonal, if I... Sorry for the really hardcore music nerds that are going to get yeah, mad no, at me good. for saying this, but aleatoric, atonal is anything that is not like... A, a song that you can clearly follow and sing and hum along to. Got it. So mm-hmm. if you listen to like Schoenberg, where he created a 12-tone row, which is basically taking music and making it purely mathematical. So his rule okay. for 12-tone rows was you have to play these pitches in these order before you can go around to the same pitch. Yeah, so it yeah. always has to go B, A, A sharp, F, F sharp, whatever. And so you get this weird sounding thing. It's like taking the emotion out of the music. Oh, but and, and Bartok was kind of in more aleatoric realm, which is which is strings doing the slidey things up and mm-hmm. down. It's not quite a pitch. And actually, uh, the term Bartok pits, uh, pits is when strings pluck. But Bartok pits is when you do a snap pits. So you pluck the string so hard that it snaps back against the wood and you get that really like... Dense sound, and so it actually became a term. Bartok did, pits. Did the because I don't know Bartok. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the bat from Anastasia, <laughs> do you do you uh, get the vocalizations that Kubrick put in, or was that reorchestrated? I'm not sure. I would have to look up the piece of music because the pe- it it shows you on the screen. I can't remember. It says the piece of music was uh, like music for strings, celeste, and because he does he does that for um, 2001. Up. He loves the weird disembodied. Oh, yeah. It's ethereal and unsettling. And, and that is that is actually its own piece of music as well. That, it is. That's a classical piece that he took and placed in his film, yeah. It um, is? Yeah. What mm-hmm. a thief. You can perform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, sorry, does everyone know the story of Alex North in 2001? No. No. All right. So for film composers everywhere, this is your worst nightmare. Um, Kubrick, <laughs> Kubrick hired Alex North, who's a film composer, to score 2001. And I think he had, he had tempt the film with some of the, the music that you end up hearing. So like Beautiful Blue Danube and, and all of these classical pieces and, and waltzes and things like that. Um, and so Alex wrote, wrote music. He was turning it in. I don't know if he was getting feedback saying like, oh, rewrite this. I don't like this. Try this. Try this. So he, he did turn in a full finished score. Alex North showed up to the premiere. None of his music was in that film. It wow. was it was all the cla- beautiful classical music you heard. It was oh, wow. to it, but he showed up to that movie going, I can't wait to see they how this turned they out. They could have told him. Completely wow. Scrapped. Why didn't they tell him? Because it's Stanley Kubrick. I don't know. That's wild. <laughs> but please, directors, if you don't want to use the music, <laughs> just yeah. let us know. Let it's people fine. know. That's like, yeah. that's like the famous David Prowse, who was the guy who filled the Darth Vader suit. Yes. They never told him oh, that so his mean. voice was not going to be used. <laughs> oh, wow. um, even though... You if, can hear those takes, too. It's my nothing. face was in a mask, and there were no microphones nearby. I would obviously yes. assume that my audio is not going to be used, but uh, who knows? <laughs> Anyhow, that's very sad. 
but yes, so Kubrick likes to... Oh, here, music for strings, percussion, and celeste. So I don't think there's choir in there. Um, he might have taken a different piece and added that choir in over it. But yes. Do you, do you have more so, notes for us, Cheryl? Well, I've got all kinds of notes, but uh, one note that I made for myself mostly was that there's so much symmetry, it's like a sinister Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, which it, I, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I was getting some of the Anderson. <laughs> there were certain scenes it. where it really it felt very Wes Anderson-ish. It, it is. I mean, it absolutely it absolutely is. You're the right. Grand Budapest Hotel from the dark yes. side. Yes, absolutely. That's <laughs> what gra- I was thinking as Overlook I thought Hotel. that. Yeah. Oh. I would watch that mashup in I would, a I would go to that hotel. Absolutely. Bill yeah. Murray is the bartender. Oh. I um, did. I did think it was interesting that he, when he goes to the bartender, uh, at one point, and he says, "Well, there were a couple conversations." And <laughs> the first one, oh boy, Jack, uh, <laughs> the one when he first orders the bourbon. Uh, when I came back from my research trip, uh, <laughs> it, it, I heard him say the line, and that, and then I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like I was a couple lines further in, and I thought, "Wait." Did he just say that? And he did when he refers to uh, the trouble going on with his wife, just a little trouble with the old sperm, sperm bank, bank upstairs. Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yep. And and then he describes his uh, hurting Danny as a momentary loss of masculine coordination. Yep. Uh, but he does recount that as three years ago, but he's only not been drinking for five months, as Wendy yeah. recounts early in the movie, like it happened five months ago. Yeah. But it happened three years ago. Again, what do you believe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. so I but never caught that. There's, I, there's I, just I so caught that one this time, and yes. I was like, "What?" I, I also think the uh, I mean, Kubrick's playing with us with the title card saying how much time has passed because it, it goes. It's you know, like the first a, one we get is the interview, and then we get the start date. And then you get interview closing yeah. day, October thirtieth. So it's the day before Halloween. Yeah, one month later. And then it just uh, says, like, of course, Tuesday. I wrote, Tuesday. I'm like, Tuesday. I don't know what But then it goes <laughs> Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. It's every other day, Wednesday. And then, and then you start getting down 8 a.m., 4 p.m. Yeah. Like oh, it wow. gets, I think that's the last one we get. I like that playing with our time as well. Yeah. Like yeah. us as the audience, we're like, how long are we here? Like, what, yeah. you know? Yeah, what is. I was trying to remember because they talked about um, when they're showing Wendy the outside, she asked when the hotel was built. And now that the the um, that picture from 1921, mm-hmm. I want to say they were saying it took them five years to build it, but I want to say it was around that time. You said but 19, now it was 1907, and then I think okay, he said yeah. 1909 yeah. they opened. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was just too, so like, I was really thinking, yeah. yeah, like when. Because I remember when, I was I was watching I was listening to see because when Jack asked in the interview he gave him a year and I was like are they going to give Wendy the same year yeah, yeah. or are they going to give her a different year? I can't, I now I want to go what? and watch. The Shining again tonight. That's I'm not kidding. Watch The Shining and 237 at the same time. Two different <laughs> yeah. movies. Oh. Start just, one backwards. Hold on, I got another. Well, no, someone, no, this no. is... No. Someone <laughs> did... Uh, I can't remember what they called the edit, but they did an edit where they played the European version forwards and backwards, and there are certain scenes that like... Sync up. Sync up. Completely. I and they think, they think that Kubrick's European version is more close to his vision because of how it syncs what, up. Is it just uh, a different It's edit? like 20 minutes less. Less. It's, it's oh. shorter? It's shorter. Interesting. Well, ah. well, how did that happen? I have no idea. Probably that, because of that, British censors or something. It doesn't seem oh, European. I, see, I, I was just like saying today the... I would love like a three-hour version oh, of this. My God. Yeah. <laughs> a lot so, but, of the match cuts were really cool, I thought. But then the next time he goes to the bar <laughs> and he says, uh, I need a drink, I'd give my soul for just a glass of beer. Sorry, you'll have to bleep that. 
Uh, <laughs> maybe. And but then shortly after that, Lloyd uh, gives him. He tells him his drinks are on the house, mm-hmm. and Jack wants to know who's, who's buying. buying. Yeah. And he says it's not a matter that concerns you, Mister Torrance. At least not at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? did he sell his soul to the devil, or what happened there? Oh, I think so. Because he said he'd give his soul or, for well, beer. Well, and he didn't then, get a beer. I mean, did he ever well, have he his soul? Drink, <laughs> I think that's yeah. another question. Well, but it's interesting. I, so who who does he have to worry about? Here's later? what I know: is that Stephen King wanted. The Overlook to be an allegory for hell. Yeah. Yeah. And the afterlife. And Kubrick saw it as less supernatural. The only supernatural moment is when um, Grady opens. We're, we're led to believe that yes. Grady opens the freezer. That's the only thing yeah. that's overtly yeah. physically supernatural in this. Well, and right. then Danny. What? Danny is injured by the woman in 237. Yes. yes. There's so yes. many more. Yeah, there are way more supernatural it, things. It, it could have been, but it's but it or also things is. That could be. But you believe that the room, the lady in room 237 happened. But yeah. how do we know that that is what happened? And how do we know that Jack didn't hit him earlier? We yeah. don't. That's and, the problem. And is when, that, I mean, he is yelling. And Wendy's and in when, the other room. And oh, that's right. So, yeah. It's know, all juxtaposition. I mean, it's all like it, we believe it because we see it in Danny's visions. Yeah, but That kind yeah. of all goes down the drain at the end when Shelly's running through the hotel and like things happen. Things Every room yeah, she yeah. goes to, right. some other thing. I'm like, okay. But at the end, <laughs> but, but until that point, until we don't have point, a clear. Until that point, yes, it's a yes. question. But, um, I don't know. but Kubrick was just like, well, I don't believe in hell, so it's not hell. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there. Well, my right, movie. Then. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, um, I love... I love the things that happened in the gold ballroom, the party, and yes, um, yes. that that bathroom was bathroom amazing. Too. I love, I just love the look of that bathroom. It's so great Very though yes. because it, it start- was a Frank Lloyd Wright. I think somebody oh. it was it? famous. It was like in an actual hotel or designed like one in an, another hotel. I, I yeah. would I, I literally would sit through a documentary about the architecture and the oh, interior God, yeah. design of this. Movie. It was really. It I don't know pretty. anything. Um, <laughs> the guy, but but that conversation. So um, there's an acting technique I'm gonna get really nerdy that Dude. it's called the Meisner acting technique where yeah. you uh, it, a lot of it is and I'm gonna super paraphrase my four years of college I'm sorry Concordia <laughs> um, but a lot of it has to do with your doing something so if I were in a scene playing a character that wanted to drink a cup of coffee how do I act that? Brock is acting Brock is drinking a cup of coffee Ew. <laughs> and that's what you do you do it yeah. Um, the other thing is repetition. So you you repeat back something with your acting partner or your scene partner. Okay. And and over time, you slowly change that interaction. Um, okay. Your shirt is blue. Your shirt is blue. Your shirt is blue. Mm-hmm. My shirt is blue. My shirt is blue. My shirt is blue. My shirt is blue. And you're repeating it, and the words are losing meaning, and um, it gradually takes you from A to a very different B. Yeah. The scene in the bathroom <laughs> reminded me of the Meisner technique yeah. in the terms of like... Well, you're Grady. You used to be here. I don't know what you're talking about. You used to be the caretaker here. I was never the caretaker here. Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. Do you know your son's trying to bring in an outside party to this situation? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Where? What? I right. want to go right. back yes. and watch. Like, yes. where does that happen? Time out. Uh, that yeah. and, and the whole thing of going into the and bathroom then, and like, okay, water. Water on his suit. Okay, yep. I'm going to get more yep. water and put it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a... It a is. textbook thing for it that. Is, but, well, it, but there's some manipulation happening, and, yes, and I think yes. to the audience. Well, and I, it's and it's kind of the start. That conversation sort of starts where you're getting, you're going away from. Oh, this hotel is really weird, and he's going crazy. But you know, the hotel's doing, and then you're getting into where these visions that he's seeing and interacting with are literally telling him, "You need to do this, 
or we're going to be very disappointed in you. Like there's some other power that mm-hmm. needs him to do. Now, is that still in his head? Is this this deal with the devil thing? Like what's because then because then he's telling them, you know, and he uses the N word a bunch of times there. Yeah. Three yeah. times. Uh, yeah. I'm so like, shocking. how many more are we going to get? Yeah. OK. Uh, <laughs> but then he's, you know, saying that that Grady says that he corrected his family. Yes. When things were, were when they weren't doing right things, and Jack should too. And then later, when you get to that storage scene where mm-hmm. that where mm-hmm. he's in in the storage area, and Grady unlocks it, um, and he he says, you know, you I see you can hardly have taken care of the business we discussed, and and uh, I feel you'll have to deal with this matter in the harshest manner, uh, uh, you know. So he's literally telling them, you have to take care of this, or else it's you that's going to well, go down. And yeah. I think the thing that's interesting is, and last night was the first time I was like, he's the caretaker of the Overlook. So the spirit of the Overlook is is at, requir- requiring someone to be the steward of protecting it. Yes. And this mal- malicious spirit or whatever is turning the caretakers into like, you are, you are the living thing that we can control. Right. So right. it goes after the caretaker. The caretaker goes crazy. The caretaker has to take care of the will of the overlook. Right. And Gets then if rid they of fail family. Right. Yeah. They become part of the overlook. But it's interesting because he literally was That's why I was yeah. I always wonder how long did the did Grady was Grady the the caretaker before he yeah. did oh, what yeah. he did. Cause, cause they, because they was it just the one winter or was it more? Or yeah. was it more was Grady fighting this spirit, fighting this pole and finally gave into it. Right. And then now we see Jack who's either so weak or because of his son shining mm-hmm. right. is so unable to, you know, am, uh, understand what's going on. I don't do, know. Do these crazy things happen when people are in the hotel? Yeah, that's what I wondered is, are there hauntings and things are you, during the regular operating season? I do people yeah. see well, things? In my, in my, my, yeah, yeah, my shining. answer is no, but... If you have that, that because I think in the documentary we were watching, they were saying that Jack has it, but it's not as fine-tuned as Danny's. Right. Got it. Interesting. That's the interesting. Alcohol dolls so. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah because and when Halloran he doesn't, because she didn't see chef. anything until she's like losing her mind because, you know, she's, yes. she's, she's escaping. So, so Interesting. So, the, yeah. so you're saying that, that the, the negative energy and the evil spirits can only be detected by someone with the shining. Yeah. Because, well, I guess yeah. Halloran explains Halloran, like, the, yeah. ho- the Overlook has its own version of a shining. It shines too. Yeah. Right, right. So you have to be sensitive to it. I guess that makes sense. And how yeah. good One was of, that scene when he's like, don't go in that room? Yes. yes. That. Uh, acting right there. He, just, oh fantastic. my God. That might have been the, the, two the of them, 50 yeah. something takes or something. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Halloran's yeah. my favorite character. Oh, he's, I mean, he's, he's just, great. And, and when you Scat lose Man him. Crothers is great in everything. You know what? Yeah. Aristocats. Right? Yep. Uh, yep. I was going to say <laughs> Silver Streak, but you know, that's just my He was also in Transformers, so that he can do no wrong. He was. I think he was the voice of jazz. Oh, really? I think so. If I'm not mistaken, in Transformers the movie, and I'm not mistaken, <laughs> and I am not. Well, one of the interesting things that you guys were saying, like the, the hotel or whatever, Grady keeps telling Jack to do these things, like first implicitly and then explicitly, right? And from the very beginning, when when Danny has his incident before they go to the hotel and the and the doctor's asking him, okay, who's Tony? Does Tony tell you to do things? And and Danny either ignores or he says no, and and yeah, then again just, I think he's like I don't I don't want to talk I don't want to talk about it. And then Howard yeah. says like I think he says something to the same effect like is Tony telling you to do something? And I don't think Tony ever 
does tell Danny to do anything. I think he he's just shows not, him images. He of the shows world. him things. Yes. He's not really the the threat, even though he, like we're kind of freaked out and creeped out. By yeah, because when you hear that at the beginning, you think, oh, this kid's gonna You're do like, something he's gonna terrible. Kill yeah, because because Tony's gonna tell him what to you kill your family, right? Yeah. and then it turns out to be. It, it turns out to be Jack, and it Jack turns out that to Tony's be like, talking to, I guess. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's talking to Jack. And it's funny, though. I don't, I don't know why he has that big old knife in the red rum scene when he's, you know, the music swelling that you were talking yeah. about. And he walks over and he's yelling it at her. I'm wondering if she, he's bringing it to her because dad, oh, dad's at the door. I think he is. I didn't yeah. even think about when that. When he picks it up, is. I yeah, thought yeah, he yeah. was going to like cut his finger and write red rum well, in, in well, his blood or something. That's, that's what confuses me. Is yeah. Because yeah. it looks like he's going to write red rum. Yeah. Like cut, cut, it, cut the finger. Yeah, because yeah. he runs his finger down does. the knife then, to like feel how sharp it he is. He does like, it. And then he like and goes he, to consciously get the lipstick. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a like a misdirection of like you're gonna think oh god the kid's gonna mutilate himself. Yeah. And that would make yeah. audiences go. Ugh. But he goes and he <laughs> does the lipstick. Um, so his mom can wake up and see it in the mirror. Or maybe it was so a Tony thing. Tony maybe Tony's like Anthony. I don't want to hurt him, but yeah. we still need to get this message. But why doesn't across? he just say murder? I also don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, because well, it's, it's coming from the kid. future. Yeah, it's coming from the future. It's coming backwards. Also, oh, Steve, oh, Stephen King. A, I like that theory. I kind of like that. I kind of like, like that. that. <laughs> Stephen King had had figured out that murder backwards is red rum, and he got very excited. <laughs> this I is like a true story. Is that true? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah. I was like, Joe, back me up. He just this, like this is I mean, it's true. Right. It doesn't. I don't need. It. You were talking earlier about one of the things you don't like about horror movies is that there is sometimes just stuff that happens that doesn't need to get explained. Yeah. And excuse my cursing, but I there's a phenomenon in horror movies within the first 25 minutes of any movie, there is this uh, weird shit happens period yeah. where uh, the new it, the Conjuring, there are things that happen you know the movie's going to have some demon or a scary thing mm -hmm. there are crazy scary lead up things that don't necessarily ever pay off <laughs> you know disembodied voices that shouldn't belong to anyone else okay. monsters or shadowy figures that move things it's just like there's this period where it's like the, the witching hour happening. it's yeah. starting to build up a little bit yeah. and it doesn't necessarily have a reason it's just scary yeah, yeah. I don't and like I, I have that issue with certain like sci-fi or fantasy films as well mm. where to, to me it's like that that superhero that has just like that power where whatever happens at the time is convenient for him he's like now i can create a force field now i can bend time right. it's like where did this come from and, and like i get it but to me it's kind of a cop-out right when i don't know that's just the way i feel about these about these certain tropes and things i can get, see why people enjoy them but it's just not my right. thing so that's why I do like this is it it, it just throws you in. Like yeah, there's really right. no And it doesn't apologize for it. it at I, all. Which I yeah, yeah. It just toss you through the walls and you have to run with it. Yeah. Oh, I do have one more note. I almost forgot. So uh, and you probably saw this, Andrew, online. Uh, in in nine, this was not nominated for any Oscars, but in 1981 wow. yes. it was oh it was nominated for two Razzie Awards. <gasps> now you won't be surprised to his worst worst actress Shelley Duvall, which I don't agree with. Do I, don't I know agree. a lot of people feel that way, so yeah. I understand yeah. that's there. Interesting. And worst director Stanley Kubrick. Now, what, are you kidding? What I'll me? say, which is really interesting, is that in reading the writing of like Ebert and other critics. There was some kind of reckoning that happened 10 years on where everyone looked back and went, 
The Shining's really good. Yeah. At the time, people yeah. weren't really it into it. it. It's yeah. something, uh, something turned where everyone went, wow, this is actually the top of horror films. And yeah, it has stayed there yeah. since then. I've only seen that one other time, and that's with John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh. Everyone oh, hated it when it came out, and then years on, now it's Yeah, revered. it's considered... Well, I don't know what that is. I, I think maybe it's because it's... You go in with an expectation of what horror is. You go in with an expectation of, of like, well, there's going to be a scary thing. And there's going to be something loose. And, and when it's a psychological expectation, um, time helps. Well, right? and, I, yeah. and I think it's that plus maybe the disappointment that, oh, it's not just like the book. And then in time, you can look at it as a separate entity. This is a movie yeah. unto itself. And okay, yes, this is really an amazing film. Yeah, I really love this movie. I love this I movie because I love movies that make me feel things. And yes. I love movies that make me feel happy. And I love movies that make me feel like, uh, you know, taken far away or whatever. This yeah. movie gives me this weird feeling of like, I am there. I am Danny. I, yeah. am, I am experiencing all these really bizarre things. And Yeah, you can easily put yourself into it, into that big, scary, empty hotel where weird stuff's happening especially like the steady cam scenes from his yes. point of view yeah, you know yeah. low yes. to the ground and the everything looks so huge and even the patterns on the rug oh and, and your socks <laughs> look so huge it's, it's you know brilliant and discombobulating yeah. but of all this like stuff analytical stuff that goes into it at the at the core it's just this feeling of isolation yeah. and slow descent into madness and sometimes not so slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just raw, just raw emotion. I mean, yeah. just like yeah. Shelley Duvall acts her ass off and yeah. I don't yeah, think she, she ever did anything. No, I, th- I, I made a note in here that the, that here's Johnny seeing her acting during that part. Oh my her gosh. just terror is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is fantastic in that scene. To, yes. to, th- that is a, uh, two actors on a set of a door you know is going to break away you know this action is going to mm-hmm. happen but her her reactions to it and I don't believe that Nicholson did it the same way every time so that probably <laughs> helped right. make yeah. it less predictable but, but she's to have to uh, how many times did she have to do at that, that level, scene yeah. at that level yeah that is exactly. really there's good a, acting there's a really cool behind, and I've, again I saw this before I saw the movie so I knew a few things going in but there's a really cool shot of Jack Nicholson as he's prepping for I don't know what number take of the, the axe through the door and it's it's kind of like okay they, they set their marker people are walking away from the set and he's just like running in place with his axe just literally jumping in front <laughs> yeah. of his door because he has to like break it down I'm like yeah. okay that's awesome that's from Making, yes. making the Shining making that's the from shining. the, okay. the yeah. short okay. documentary but made yeah. by Cooper's daughter Oh my God. Who was just on yeah, set, right? hang, seventeen years old, just on set, hanging out, hanging out. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Because they they shot a lot of this at at that hotel, correct? Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, the hotel, mm-hmm. the Stanley Hotel, I think is what it's called. It's a it, real. It's place. in Boulder, right? Yeah. Hold on, yeah. Uh, the Timberline Lodge oh, in, in Mount Hood, Oregon. That was the exteriors. Know. All of the interiors were built at Elstree Studios. So okay. all and, the interior. And then the, of the set hotel. where he typed at the typewriter burned down. Yes, Great. I did. Famously, Great. mysteriously burned down. So, oh, the room that. in the book is room two seventeen. <laughs> right. Yeah. The hotel had a room two seventeen and yes. did not want guests to oh. feel uncomfortable. So they requested that it be changed to room two seventeen. That would be like the most popular room. I was now. gonna say they should have. Uh, uh, yeah, I would want to stay in it. Yeah, well, I would now, totally stay there. Now too. I'm sure yeah. that but they want to change two seventeen to two thirty seven. Right. Yes. <laughs> How much freaky stuff's going to go on in that room? Dog bear suits. I got my dog bear suit ready to go. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I have a a couple, like, really, like, if I ever, you know, 
the entertainment thing, I make a million bucks and I can do whatever I want. I want to have a recording studio, uh, an arcade that looks like Flynn's Arcade from Tron. Yeah. And I want a riding shed in the backyard no. that's like a tiny overlook. No. Yeah. I love it. Or just like a small cabin. I it's love like, it. Like so a even riding smaller room. and more claustrophobic. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from, in, in the book, there is a miniature overlook hotel in front of the hotel. Like, it's like a kid's playroom. And there's that's one of the scariest things from the book that I remember is Danny going into that. Tiny oh. over that tiny over. Well, they did have that little scary hedge, stuff. They had the hedge maze, yeah, yeah. Where, where you, you got that them. cool shot. Yeah. That messed me up yeah. too. <laughs> like, can he see it? Is that real? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> wild shot. So Wait, really cool. see the wild. So, so when when um, Wendy and Danny first go into the maze, when they're it, like during the summer or whatever, when it's not, they're, they're just wandering, and then Jack is inside doing his thing and then he 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 wanders over to like this miniature model of the hedge and you kind of pan over in his point of view and then you can see a tiny little wendy and danny yeah, yeah, they're in, were the in the center did you black out did you black out in during that exact part location yeah. in the, and so yeah. you're like because you because you come down from overhead on it and you see them in the center yes. of the maze moving as you're coming down oh my on God, that model no, yeah uh, yeah it's wild it's good yeah, it's a great shot. Crazy. <laughs> I um, love I love Kubrick. I love his movies. Yes. This movie. Yeah. I love this movie. Uh, so I think I, I mean, so Bethany was was it worth it to you? What, you, you worth <laughs> seeing? Yes. Yeah. Um, I wish I could have gone into it blind um, mm-hmm. because I I was expecting a few things and I had seen a few clips here and there. Obviously, like the blood coming down the hallway, you see a thousand times. But yeah. it like still having known, I think it could have had a bigger impact for me if I hadn't seen those things. But I'm glad I watched it and I appreciate it as a film. Yay! Hey. <laughs> so now it's off your list. It's off my list now. Right. Great. Would you guys recommend this? Uh, uh, I would. I just think it's, and again, like we've had with some other movies, I think it's, it's, if for nothing else, see it so you understand the multitude of pop culture references that are made to it because everyone has done something yes. that has to do with The Shining. Uh, but also, I just think it's, I think it's a really well-made movie. I think it's a really interesting and effective movie. Like I say, I've never read any, any Stephen King, so I don't associate it with the book at all. I just see it as its own movie, and I think it's effective and interesting to watch, and I love it. I just, I, it's one of my, my favorite films. And I, did, I, I didn't see it as young as you, but I did see it pretty young, and it's it's always stayed with me. You know, it's always so. But I like scary movies. Okay. I've always liked scary <laughs> movies. Nope. So yeah, I would totally recommend. It. In fact, I want to see it right now. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I recommend it. I mean, it's one of my favorite horror films. It's one of my favorite films, even though I saw it at ten, and a lot of it confused me <laughs> to no end. It it did spark that questioning what I see in a film. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I was watching, like, you know, Benji the Hunted and stuff like that. (laughs) My dad would sprinkle in other horror movies. And that was where I found I was thinking of questions or something would come up. I would want to explore more. And at the end of this film, when they show the picture, I was like, wait, what? So is that just him? Was he always there? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. And it just blew me away. And it wasn't until years later, I think I saw it again in my 20s. To where I started under, and I don't even know if I fully understand it now in my forties, yeah. but <laughs> it's just a genius film. Pour yourself a tall glass of red rum and enjoy <laughs> this classic film about family vacations. Um, <laughs> National Lampoon's oh The Shining. Gosh, yes. <laughs> 
Sorry, folks. Overlook uh, Hotel's closed. I'm really surprised they haven't done that. that. I would watch that movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd drink a glass of red rum. But, uh, <laughs> oh, you know. but yeah, this is, this is uh, you know, one of Kubrick's best. And I really, I like it a lot. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And there's a hundred different ways to appreciate this movie. You could see uh, a really weird recreation of it in Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. There's an opera. There's a wow. shining opera that got I produced. I would see I that. Didn't I know would that. So yeah. see that. Uh, I know wow. people have made like eight bit game versions oh of it God. online. There's the terrible TV movie. There's the sequel <laughs> that's coming with Ewan McGregor. Yes. Uh, so yeah, there's always. Uh, they had uh, Halloween Horror Nights. They did. Uh, oh, oh, we went to that oh, last like, year. It was that fantastic. Was so good. And cool. that was really cool because I was working. With, I was working with them at that time. And uh, Kubrick's daughter signed off on that. Oh, because nice. they're very it so good. looked amazing. It we walked into that amazing. thing and it was like you were there, complete wow. person in a bear dog suit. It, <laughs> yes, bear dog suit. And and the coolest thing was they did a room where you were just walking through the pages. So to like get from room to room, you had to push the all work no play. Oh wow! Just pages, 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 You're and the just, carpet. I mean, it I was would great. just be a nightmare. You're just. <laughs> We went to that one twice. I was crazy. So I I was working I was working with them at that time and to see the girls playing the Shelly Duvalls freaked you out because you'd be in the break room and there's four Shelly Duvalls there. They're all like shakily drinking the coffee. (laughs) No one's talking. Oh. And then the Jack Torrance's, they all had the same mask on, okay. and it was lifelike enough. It did look like him, but just like had so his... skewed just slightly. Yeah, that you had that uncanny valley. Like it was so disturbing, <laughs> and they would just pop out of wherever with an axe. Yeah, we, jo- <laughs> we, we joked that it was Jack Jack Nicholson because it, <laughs> it couldn't be legally actionable. Yes. But it looked like just if, like big old widow's peak mask. Yeah, it, like it, it's some guy. To, yeah that's great uh i'm andrew lindy you can find my other shows at benviewnetwork.com i do another show called nothing new a remake podcast that i uh host with justin Kizon. we talk about remakes every month we pick a remake and the film that it's based on and talk about it and then the other show that I do is Dunson Checks Minute, uh, which is every week uh, my co-host Emily and I talk about Dunstan Checks in one minute at a time. Uh, so go find that at Network.com. It's great stuff. Uh, and my Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. Uh, okay. I'm, uh, I'm Bethany Brinton. Uh, I'm a composer and musician, and you can find me on Twitter at Bethany Brinton. Uh, I am Cheryl Jones. I am the host of Movies Made Me podcast, which is all about the movies that influenced you to be who you are. Uh, You can find it at mmmpodcast.com or uh, Facebook and Twitter at Movies Made Me Pod, Instagram at Movies Made Me. I'm Alisa Gonzalez. I'm at This Alisa on Twitter. And that's all I got. (laughs) I'm Joe Myers. I'm the co-host of a horror show called The Podcast Macabre. You can find us at podcastmacabre.com on Facebook as a Podcast Macabre or at Podcast Macabre on Twitter and Instagram. And actually, to tie it into this episode, we do a Summer of Steven every summer where we pick a book and a movie and discuss both in length from May through September usually. Nice. Check it out. Oh, and you can find me at that Joe Myers on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Brock. Uh, Brock Powell, voice actor. Uh, also co-host a podcast called The Unpop Podcast. And uh, another show that I'm just starting, I decided right now, called Hellraiser where I watch Hellraiser and shave and talk about it. <laughs> uh, 
So you tune in for that. Sponsored by Henry's. Harry's. Harry's Razors. And, yep. Razor Scooters. Brock Vox. Ah, yeah. There you go. Thank you for listening to It's On My List.